Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Lifeblood. That's L-I-F-E-B-L-U-D. Lifeblood.co. Lifeblood is a bioenergetic focused supplement company. They really focus and hone in on the energy restoration process of the body. Um, Their website has a ton of great educational resources on it, uh, specifically for each of their products. Uh, Those products range everything from uh, lion's mane to chaga extracts. Um, They have vitamin E. Personally, I'm a big fan of their magnesium supplement. I use that consistently, especially during the winter months to get me through the stress that comes with living in the Northeast. Um, Their supplements, I really would like to highlight because they focus on the quality of their source material. There's no fillers. There's no chemical solvents in any of the uh, extractions. Um, And really, their products are some of the purest and highest quality in their class. So check them out. That's lifeblood.co, L-I-F-E-B-L-U-D dot C-O. If you use the promo code BETTERISM, you can save 10% off your order. That's lifeblood.co. All right. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Betterism Podcast. You know me. I'm your host, Glenn. Today's guest, we have a fellow writer, author, David Bulpe. David, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing over there on the West Coast? I'm great. How are you, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, it's been a while since we connected. I know what <laughs> you were in Philly to start with. And I know like once you kind of moved out there, life kind of took off, <laughs> which is a good thing. Yeah, that's um, that's, that's one way of putting it kind of, you know, it took off or life gets in the way and things like that. But uh, yeah, um, I started out in Philly where I was born and raised and I moved out here like two years ago um, to Venice Beach. And then um, just recently I moved into the valley about like 30 minutes, 40 minutes up from the beach. So it's been a nice little change, but yeah, I've been uh, in California ever since, man. Definitely a shift. It's like straight up fresh prints, you know, <laughs> dude, it's, it's, it's the biggest change. It's literally a different world, man. And you don't really know that until you like live it. It's yeah. East coast all the way over here. It's, it's literally a different world. So no what, what brings you over there? Is it work take you that way? Or was it just a looking for a lifestyle change? Um, a little of both, I guess. Uh, for some reason, you know, when we all look back on our life, it's kind of like uh, we, we've had these like hints or like something inside of us pulling us to do something or just kind of always tapping us on the shoulder. And eventually, um, you know, my time in Philly kind of felt like it was concluding. And I always had this like itch to get out and get away and to experience something new somewhere else and um so I went to college but not for writing and I went to Penn State uh for integrated social sciences so it's like uh, psychology sociology all of the kind of mm-hmm. ologies of humans and society so um after that I kind of um got back to what I originally always <laughs> wanted to do kind of like a childhood dream which was writing a book, which is uh, what led me to write my first one. And like I said, I didn't go to college for writing. So I came to Los Angeles where literally everyone out here has had education in writing or works in the field of story. 
and everything's a story out here, whether it's a, a movie, a song, a, obviously a screenplay, a screenplay, a, a dance, everything, everything is a story. And if I wanted to become it, I needed to put myself around it and the people that I could learn from. So it was pretty much kind of like a, a second college for me. And mm. yeah, so ever since then, um, I've been trying to put myself around the right people to learn and just to kind of grow because we're always students until the last day we're here on earth. And um, yeah, I landed a nice little internship with a uh, publishing company and a, um, a producer. And then I'm, I've been doing ongoing freelance work with them and it's great. Um, so it's kind of, uh, it's kind of worked out in that respect. That's awesome, man. I did so, you know, you said a, a lot in there that I kind of want to, we can explore and we'll come back to. Uh, but I guess yeah. my first question is, uh, did, did the having two books out there, did that help you land that internship? Um, yeah, actually, um, you know, when I uh, applied for the thing, I assumed that there were, I guess, hundreds of thousands of other applicants that um, either went to film school or had the educational background in you know, writing or publishing and something mm-hmm. like that. But um, the fact that, yeah, I did write two books at um, a particular young age. I'm 28 right now, and I started writing them at 23, published at like 25 and 26. So I think, if anything, that said something about determination and perseverance at that kind of age to be able to kind of focus when a lot of other kids my age were doing other things in their spare time where I just wanted to spend it writing and trying just to create something with, you know, no promise of capital gain or anything like that. I just wanted to right. just do it just to have it to be created. So um, I can't speak on how, you know, how I, uh, how that impacted the, um, you know, the guy that was reading the application, but sure, I, I feel like it had something to do with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and I think that's, you kind of said this earlier, we can kind of come back to it. The, the attitude out that side of the country of how everything is kind of a story and has a narrative to it, you know, and I think that's part of the appeal to bring people to that side. I mean, like, that's why the movie industry is what it is, right? I mean, that's kind of how Hollywood was born and what it kind of came to fruition. But then the culture behind that kind of bleeds into other realms beyond just movies and and publishing you know what i mean like that's that's kind of like almost like its own american dream of that side of countries like uh being able to tell and share stories right and that's just human that's just human nature right like that's in our in our blood to just have a narrative and and share and and learn through the art of story right and you kind of said it best like The, we're you know we're all students and we're all teachers at the same time and you kind of said that it's like we don't really ever stop growing um, and it seems like I mean just to so listeners so you are aware David's first book was called Just the Thought um, and I think that kind of touched base on the growth mindset that you seem to hold and possess and it ultimately brings you the success that you found out that side so. I mean, how does, how do you approach that from the move and from like the job and being so young when you publish your first book, like that's not easy to do. Anyone who published a book can tell you that. Right. So like, how, I mean, how do you embrace that mindset and kind of use that in all aspects of your life? And it's, it's pretty much exactly that. Just kind of 
focusing on the tiniest things and, and understanding that there is always a chance, not even a chance, just a, a, a just a definite that you are and can get better at anything that you kind of choose to do. And that, you know, life is both short and long in the respect that, you know, we're, from where we're sitting or standing, it's like, wow, you know, we have, because just say, you know, over under, we're all alive for about a hundred years. So whoever you're sitting or standing, you're like, damn, I got about 40, 60 years left, 20 years left. You know, it seems like a long stretch of time, but we also see when we look back how short our lives have been when it's like, oh my God, yeah. that feels like it was just yesterday. That was just, so just kind of living in the moment of now and saying, you know, I'm, I'm always just a sponge and whatever I can absorb is just going to prolong my life and make it that much better. And then whatever you kind of just, and for me personally, I just, uh, like I said, I just kind of moved out here and I, I literally packed up the backpack and hopped on a plane. And I just was like, you know, if I don't do it now, then, you know, five years, 10 years from now, I'm just going to say, wow, look at all that time that I was just wasted. So I just wanted to kind of get a jump start on learning and whatever, wherever that would take me, because I, I believe that every, every, every single thing that we do is a learning experience. And there's no such thing as you know, succeeding or failing. I think those words are relative and subjective, obviously. And I think that, you know, quote, if you fail at something, you're just learning from it. And also, if you succeed, you're also learning from that. So it's, it's, it's life is just a constant lesson. And it, once you get in your mindset that everything is a constant lesson, it's what can I take away from this? Even in um, any, anything that you, um, the job, uh, an experience, uh, you know, anything that you want, going on a date, going, um, just writing a book, <laughs> anything mm -hmm. is just, what can I take away from today that can, you know, not even make me better because sometimes we get lost in that. It's like being better and better and being the best and being the best. And it, and it kind of sometimes can crush people under the pressure of, um, you know, self-fulfilling prophecies and things like this. But it's like, you know, just how can I improve the quality of my life off of what I've learned today? And I try to kind of live in that mindset because life does happen and not everything is flowers and sunshine every day. Yeah. Obviously, we know that from the past year, but um, anybody within this past year can't list one to three things that they've learned about themselves or taking into the next year based off of this one, you know, maybe needs to take a look in the mirror with that because there is lessons and flowers and sunshine even in this darkest year and mm -hmm. you know it's kind of just living with both feet on the ground and understanding that we can grow from anything and through anything so i don't know if that kind of answer is kind of a long no absolutely thing, man but, well i mean yeah. that's that's why i wanted to get you on here on the podcast because i i know you know you and i kind of have a little bit of history from when you launched your book a couple years ago yeah. and i you knew that that's yeah, right. And that's kind of like you, you know, that was like the start. You were still in Philly. You're still on the East Coast. That's kind of how we linked up anyways, being in, you know, I'm in Jersey and stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like that's why I wanted to get you on here is because I knew you had that attitude, um, that that mindset of how how we are always learning things. We're always constantly absorbing, absorbing and, and growing in some fashion. And I think there's there's 
a lot to say in that, but there's also like silence in that, right? I mean, like there's yeah. like it does like that the word better, and this is kind of what I'm trying to do with what betterism is and where I'm trying to push it, but like the word better has such a connotation that I, I don't know why it's like this, but it, it becomes like a quantitative like measurement, right? Like it's a thing that people kind of, they put their pr- this pressure on themselves to become better than yesterday, right? Like that's the hashtag better than yesterday. And like, not that that's a bad thing. Like, of course you want, you always want to try to be better than you were yesterday. But at the same time, like it's not, it's not a word that's meant to put extra stress or anxiety on you, right? Like sometimes, like you said, like, like becoming better and learning it can be something so small. It can be something like how to go on a date, right? Like how, all right, this, this date didn't work out. So like the next one, I learned to not do this thing, right? I mean, it might sound so stupid because it's this little tiny, small thing, but like those things are like, those are the things that make life worth living, right? It's not always what you learn in school that's going to make you better, like not, I'm not saying that school's not important because of course that's an important part of life. But at the same time, like the whole purpose of what I'm trying to do here and I, listeners probably hate me for saying this several times over the past few episodes, but like the whole purpose of this is trying to remove that stigma of what learning is, right? Like I, I feel like, I don't know if this is an American thing or a worldly thing, but like this attitude about like learning and how it has to be in this like structured environment of like academia and college and university and high school. And, you know, it's, that's not like, that's only a part of learning. That's not all of it. Right. Like think about all the things you've learned outside of school, like things that, things that like, don't, you don't learn them in school, but like they're part of your life and they make you who you are and they help you grow. And, you know, you apply them in your job and your relationships, right? Like all of those things piece together this big picture of like who you are and who you want to be in the world. And I think that's important to think about, you know, I agree. I think that's, that's, yeah, that is the main reflection when, you know, you talk about humanity and and where it's going and how it's been and and everything. It's, uh, yeah, there's so many, there's so much kind of bullshit that people fit in between of all of that. And it's, it's, it's exactly what you just said. Um, The connotation of better being kind of just pushed on us and it becomes a competition and with ourselves or with someone else and and better means you know less than we were yesterday or the day or something like that and that's where people kind of get lost with that word like you said it's um it's fixing what that word actually means and like we know there can be you know out of context different words mean different things and better is one of them it's a lot of people say, you know, yeah, they want to be better at this or like, you need to be better at that. And, you know, I could be taken in a way where it's like, damn, like I wasn't good or I'm not right. good. I need, I need to be good or I need to. So yeah, like you said, and it creates this pressure and, and, and nothing weighs heavier than, than something in your mind, you know, you can tie weights to your ankles and nothing's going to feel as heavy as that self-defeat in your mind. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, yeah, the, um, uh, the typical structure of learning is misconstrued in a lot of, you know, cases where it's, you know, you, you can only learn in the classroom in high school, but if you want to learn better, you go to college, then you do this. And like you said, it's, and like I believe too, there's no, there's no negatives in that. Obviously, 
that's all positive. Those are extremely positive things and encouraged, of course. But I also agree that, you know, so much learning takes place in the hours outside of, you know, uh, what we were confined to and what we were kind of taught to learn. That's mm-hmm. it's it's weird to kind of say that it's kind of like oxymoronic where it's you know what we're taught to learn, but it's um kind of the unlearning in life is where again we learn the most. It's a weird sentence, but yeah, the unlearning is where we learn the most. It's taking what you've learned and and kind of if especially if you disagree with something inside or, or something else in inside of you pulls you to something else, or your curiosity kind of takes the wheel. Yeah, and that's and that's when you're like you know. I need to, I want to find that out. And that's what learning is. It's just your curiosity. It's just bringing you different places. And it's weird, man. Um, yeah. When people ask me, like, especially out here, because nobody knows anybody out here. Everyone's always constantly coming and going in LA and it's, yeah, it's really weird, man. It's um, so yeah, everyone it's uh, every, every conversation you have, I personally just like, like if I'm going to a bar or something, I mean, obviously not recently, but if I'm going to a bar, I'd like to just have a beer and just, you know, just, you know, bullshit with my friends. But every single conversation at the bar or somewhere else or any social thing is, is literally pitching your resume in the first five seconds. It's, hi, what do you do? Where are you from? And it's, oh, like, man. And it's like that. So, you know, for some people, it's, it's what you're coming here to look for because you have it, you know, in your right. back pocket. But for me, it's it, it was a weird, it was a weird eye-opening and awakening thing. It's like, um, hi, how are you? What do you do? Hi, where have you been? Hi, what have you done? Hi, did you go to school for that? And that's a question I get literally almost every day is when I tell people, oh, yeah, you know, I write I write books and stuff. And yeah, that's, that's what I do. That's what I like to do. And that's what I do. And then they're like, did you go to school for that? And I said, no. I'm like, so how did you learn to, you know what I mean? And then that right, right. Of like, you <laughs> see the, the gears kind of stopping and they need some oil. And you're like, exactly, man. That's exactly the point. It's, it's yeah. you know, we can do different things and we can learn to be, you know, we can learn just skills off of, I don't know, everything just by curiosity. And that's all it takes. It's just one little spark. And I've, it's weird when, um, yeah, people also ask me what kind of jobs I've done to like, get here and do stuff and I've always been a huge advocate of kind of when I was a kid I always <laughs> said that uh as soon as I learned like what a renaissance man was you know someone who's good at everything yeah yeah I kind of became obsessed with that idea and I, so I, that's where I, I kind of my shit was born from was um I kind of we only get one life and I never wanted to feel confined to just one you know, one uh, one character, Dang. one avenue. Be right. um, Dave, this guy who does that from this place, and that's exactly you know kind of what brought me over here. I'm like, you know, let's let's try something new and do something else and add to that resume of crazy shit that you'll read. Like, I've you know, um, I worked in cardiac rehabilitation. Um, I've worked as a chiropractic assistant. I've cut down trees. I've um, I was a masseuse for a while. I was a personal trainer, a boxing coach. Um, um, and yeah, and currently I do the, the freelance writing for, you know, the publisher and all this other stuff. And it's like, how did you get into this job? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. But like, <laughs> kind of took me into those places where I wanted to be 
around that like something I I wasn't good at to learn yeah. who I had to be and, and what I had to do to to you know to do that around the people that do and and of course there I'm always interested in stories so every time you go into a different avenue uh, you meet different people with different mindsets and different backgrounds and it's 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 yeah. so it's so cool to me and I think that's what learning is and that's what life's about absolutely I you know and I think that's you're, you're the shining example of that the the renaissance man at least in the the digital age <laughs> the modern era right like I it's like you want to try as many things as you can and I, I feel like there's a lot of people with that attitude but like they get confined or trapped by the the label or the identity that they're trying to create for themselves or sometimes the one that's like given to them. Sometimes you don't choose that. Um, And that's difficult because you, you know, especially if you have that mindset, like, you know, you want to learn and read and absorb and consume as much as you can and and try to get as many experiences, but you know, life is life. Like, you know, as you get older, you know, choices you make in life are going to take you down different paths. And, you know, it's sometimes it's difficult to understand or deal with or cope with sometimes the consequences of those choices. Um, but sure. I f- think approaching that, approaching that fact of life with the lens of everything is a lesson, everything is my teacher. I think that's kind of what sets you up at least to try to find the positives where they come through. I mean, you said it before, like life is about balance. There, there, of course, there are negatives and there are positives. You can't, you can't ignore one, right? It, you have to acknowledge the both. But yeah. at the same time, like, yeah, you want to try and focus on the positives. You want to try your best to like really celebrate those wins when they come along. Because, you know, yeah. like, yeah, exactly. you know, failures you happen. Again. Yeah. Right, exactly. And like, that's, that's the thing that drives us. That's the thing that like, you know, that creates our story and our background is like that that push towards that side of it um and it's exactly. not that's not yeah. easy to like vocalize that's not easy to even see in yourself like sometimes i feel like i've met people who like ha- can't they can't look inward i don't know if they have just haven't found that skill yet or recognize that they have the power you know and everyone's on their own path so i'm not i'm not trying i hope i don't sound like i'm judgmental in that aspect but you know i think that skill set of being able to look inward and kind of reflect and see the things that kind of shaped you is part of that right yeah. so i guess where i'm going with this is i mean you you have you have two books out one is just a thought which is mm-hmm. nonfiction, and it's about like what we're talking about like this whole you know yeah, thinking right. and learning and reflection and stuff and then your other book is like horror fiction melodies at midnight <laughs> which is awesome but yeah. i mean that's two totally different genres and modes mm-hmm. of thought and modes of storytelling so like how where is that something you were just into and you wanted to write like these horror stories or like what brought you to because that was your second book melodies of midnight what brought yeah, yeah. you to that production um yeah that's a that's another question i get it's um and it goes back to kind of yeah like either creating or breaking out of identities and stuff people are like um you know that that read my first book and things like that and they're like oh don't you write this or like, don't you write that? And I'm like, no, nah, I kind of just, I don't know. I kind of just write whatever, whatever I'm into. But yeah, I've always kind of been interested in the, in the Hitchcock stuff when I was a kid, um, mm-hmm. the, like the twist and turns and the suspense and like what's, what's around the corner. And I kind of, and I like the element of surprise. So um, they always say like, you know, write the book or write the story you want to read. So I kind of just always follow that rule with, 
what I'm writing, uh, whether it's a short story or delving into a book. Um, so I just, I felt myself around that time wanting to explore, yeah, like, like darker twists and tales and things like that. I remember when I started writing it, it was a, um, <laughs> kind of set the scene. It was a, it was a cold, it was a cold, dark night in the winter and it was uh, snow <laughs> still on the ground. And I think one of the first stories I wrote inside that book was um, um, a story that took place when it was snowing in the wintertime. So I was like, and and then I kind of just, the, the twist at the end hit me first. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. That'd be fun to write. And I'm always yeah. trying to think of the reader too. So I'm like, maybe that would be cool to read if I was on the other end of that. So right, right. I just kind of, and then one story turned into another and another twist was like, oh, that's cool. I would think about, about all this stuff at my day job and, I would kind of always be writing in my head. And when I got home, I just kind of told the stories that wanted to be told. Like I wasn't forcing anything really. I just kind of, like I said, I don't know where the book came from. I really don't. It just kind of happened. Night, it happened and I was like, oh, I, I'm having fun. You know, and that's what it yeah. goes back to. I'm having fun writing them. So that's the same with the first, but I was, you know, I'm having fun writing it. So I didn't see a reason to stop. <laughs> and right, right. Uh, like I said, I didn't, um, I never really, it might be stupid to some people, but I don't go into a book or a story saying to myself, oh, I can't wait. This needs to sell 5,000 copies. This needs to make me a right. million dollars. Like, I don't, I just write what I'm, you know, happy doing. And I hope that it can, you know, entertain somebody. And that's where it came from. And I was like, and obviously, you know, I'm in the digital age and you read my first book and it's um how short the chapters are. Some are like, two three pages you know five at most mm -hmm. and I wanted to write a you know like an easy like digestible book in both senses the first book and the horror one where it was like hey I can just pick this up in the middle of the day and literally two minutes later uh, I have a little story and you know you already found out what happened so then you can move on to the next one um, right so yeah that's kind of where it came from it was kind of just like um you know twisty turny kind of scary kind of stuff and it was in in the winter time so it kind of fit the scene and that's what i was into at the time and i'm like oh, why not just experiment with that because uh like like you said and we both know is you know we're always learning and growing in that um and i never actually thought i could do something like that so the fact that i kind of brought myself to do it like you said is a little victory that i was like oh cool i can actually do that you know i can write a little twist right. in a story and make it scary and that was and what we aim to do as writers is elicit, elicit emotion. So if I can just make you feel, then, you know, my job is done. And right now I'm in the middle of, um, I think I'm, I'm almost 200 pages into a um, historical fiction novel set in uh, prohibition time. So it's like, that's another cool. huge genre jump. And it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of like, like Boardwalk Empire and Godfather type stuff. So I'm like, I've always been into that. And that one's been a a huge goal for me like I knew it someday I get around to writing something like that coming from an Italian family on the east coast and it's like <laughs> you know that's kind of uh it's, it's, it's always been an anchor but now like you we all know like you just you have to do something long enough to feel like you can actually work yourself up to do it so um oh, 100%. Yeah, recently I've yeah I just actually said yeah I sat down and it just started coming out so yeah, dude, that's another huge genre jump, jump where someone's going to say, like, didn't you write a horror book? Didn't you write, uh, you know, a self-help book? And, and now right. this. And exactly. It's just I'm having fun. And that's, that's all it comes from.
Yeah. And like, that's, that's like the, I mean, that, that's, that's the reason people get into writing. I mean, you, everyone yeah. knows like write, writing books doesn't make you a millionaire unless you're like, you know, freaking Gaiman or something. Right. Like, yeah, I get it. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, yeah. you know, I'm not knocking that. Like, that's obviously like if someone's going to pay you that kind of money for words that you're writing, like, yeah, that's go for it. Accept it. I'm not saying no. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, like, that's not why you get into the art. Like, you right. get into this art because you there's there's something inside of you that you need to get out and and words like verbal words don't quite do it right right yeah and like right and like that's that's my whole, and this is not really betterism but like me as a writer that's the whole drive behind my whole like hustle words thing is like yeah, yeah. Re- remembering why thank you thank you i don't mean yeah. to like i hope that doesn't sound like a plug i'm not trying to plug no, but it's no, like that's course. that's like the push there is like you know hustle words is about like trying to help people remember like why why you wanted to be a writer like what's the purpose here you're not yes there is an audience factor and you're trying to entertain readers and stuff but like when it comes down to it i mean you have to have fun i mean that's yeah, that's the whole point like, like are you enjoying yourself you know is this right. what you want to be doing right now if it was right. the last 10 minutes of your life like if right like if you're not if you're not into it then like why yeah. do it you know and I think that's important because, you know, as a re- I know as a reader, when I'm reading a book, I can tell whether or not the author is doing it because they're trying to make a paycheck or if they're genuinely enjoying what it is they're doing. Then they want to oh, yeah. teach you something. They want to entertain you. They want to scare you, whatever it is. Like you can tell as a reader when a writer or an author is doing that. And yeah, I feel you can, like, exactly. you know, you can feel the intention without it being yeah. it's all between the lines, you know, the intention, same thing with people when, you know, someone's coming up to you and, and saying something and you're reading the situation, the body language and, and the context, you understand the intention. And then mm-hmm. same thing going into a book, the first five pages, you understand what they're trying to do there. And if it's like, you know, the seventh book in a 10 book series, then you're like, I get it. I know what you're trying to, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. But it, it, it's, yeah, it, if it genuinely grips you and ask, and, and it's, you start asking the important questions that that author probably started asking himself, like, what does this character really want? Or I, can I, see, I want to see this through or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. It's just, that's, it's so simple. And it's, it brings, yeah, it brings you back to why you do it just to, for our own curiosity's sake. Right. And it's, you know, that's, that's one of those things. It's like, it, I feel like it gets lost in translation a lot of times. Cause like you said, like, especially out on where you're at now over on the other coast, like mm-hmm. it, it, that attitude of like, well, why are you doing this? What, what are you doing? What, what made you want to do that thing? And it's like, well, yeah, I have this, this, and this. And of course I'm trying to make some money, but you know, like, it's not, I'm not trying to like plug, I'm writing this novel because I want to write a novel, you know, like yeah, I, yeah. I, again, like I'm, I'm not knocking the, you know the the Gaimans out there the the susan suzanne collins like you can go that route if you want there's nothing wrong with that yeah, but definitely wrong with at the same time it's like you know not a, that's not everyone's path that's not what everyone wants to do and it's okay right. it's okay to just write a book that like maybe five people read you know right. like and you then, don't have to have a hundred thousand copies sold. Your, yeah and if, as a writer if that is your goal to become a diamond or you know a brown right. or somebody like that or any anybody that you know or like a stephen king can literally pump out two bestsellers a year it's like you know you're all gonna start somewhere and you gotta start with what right. you like and then you figure out things along the way it's just a learning process and and exactly you know, and that's all it's all just learning and, and you're not gonna 
want to learn you're not going to be excited about something unless you're if you want to do it so that can be a goal and like we said you know the those tiny little triumphs along the way it's setting those long-term goals but just experience experiencing those short-term triumphs and those are the things mm-hmm. that get you out of bed and just you know one word into a paragraph into a page and into a book that might not be the best book but it's still a book that didn't exist yesterday and then right. it, it came from you and it's something that you wanted to write and then if that is your goal at the end to be like a Gaiman or someone like that. And it's like, well, now you're one step closer, my friend, you know, like, you yes, said, there's no, there's, there's no judgment or a wrong or right way to do anything. It's just, you know, I think it all goes back to exactly why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Like, and even if you are doing it for, you know, it's strictly monetary gain, you still are going to have to learn what you love to do and what you're good at. And then that's mm-hmm. only by doing it. And you, you got to feel good while you're doing it or else you're never going to do it. So yep. it's exactly, it's a lot of that stuff gets lost in translation, but it all goes back to what makes you happy while you're doing it. Yeah, I definitely, I had one of those like little epiphanies last week, actually. I just, you know, I'm writing a novel too. And again, listeners, I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep plugging this. It's just, it came up, but you mentioned your novel and I was, it got me thinking and kind of led to this with what you just said about, learning through the process and like reminding yourself while you're doing it, like celebrating these little triumphs. Last week, I, I just finished my third round of edits on the novel. So I'm entering my final, my final last round of edits here, draft number four, which is usually the headache. But I posted on Instagram. I just put, I took a picture of the word count and posted on Instagram, just kind of a little like, you know, public accountability, you know, Mm -hmm. hold me accountable for this kind of thing. But it was one of those things. It's like, you know, I'm a teacher. So, you know, school this year during COVID has been a complete nightmare. Um, not that I, not that it's anything less of what I love doing. It's just the workload has tripled overnight. Right. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. And yeah. And it's, it kind of took like, it sucked all the creative energy out of me. Like the last thing I want to do after working on a screen all day is like go home and then work on a screen on on my novel right so it it sucked that drive out of me so when i finally finished this third round of edits which i started in the summer by the way um (laughs) i got to that point i was like you know what like this i know i'm not done and i know it's not perfect but i hit this little moment where it's like you know what like fuck yeah like i i did this this is draft number three on the longest novel i've ever written like i got one more to go i'm one step closer i know it means nothing to, to other people but like for me it's like I, I'm going to take this win because it's I it's reaffirming what I like to do, which is right. Exactly, man. Right? It's, it's that accomplishment. Yeah. And it's like that, those little moments, like if you're not able to recognize those in yourself, right? And you just kind of like focus again, you focus more on the negative side of like, oh, shit, I'm only on draft number three. I didn't finish draft four yet. What's wrong with me? Right. Like that, that mindset of like only focusing on the negative is not doing anything but holding you back from accomplishing the positive which is yeah, the goal yeah. you set out to do yeah, you know exactly and then there's that you know the question because i always get every writer does everyone gets bogged down and like jesus dude i'm only this far like damn this sucks or you read it back and you're like wow that was shit or like yeah. what am i even doing this for you know what i mean like and you're just sitting there and you're like and you're like damn i'm only like five pages in or like 100 pages in why am i not getting this done faster and then that question always pops up in the back of my mind and it's like dude what's the rush you know what i mean right like it's not like right. literally there's like 
it's like seven billion people waiting on my book like a vaccine. You know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> what's the rush? Right. Yeah, so those tiny little victories, and I did the same thing. I visited Philly. Um, uh, when did I go? I don't know, like October. I went for like a full month, and yeah, I visited home, and it was it was kind of the same thing here. You know, um, you know, I got laid off from my job too for the, uh, the pandemic and all that. So mm-hmm. you know, the writing's kind of been getting me out of bed in the morning. Um, to just kind of just accomplish those tiny things, and I was I was stuck. And, and in my novel, it, it, it actually starts in Philly. The characters start in Philly and, and nice. is forced out to um, Venice Beach Prohibition, which is, like I said, it's a, it's a different story for a different day. But I, I went home and I kind of touched base to why I was doing, you know, why I was writing this novel, why it was so important and why I needed to do it. And kind of while I was in Philly, I, I finished the whole entire act one, which took place in Philly. So, and, and I was really stuck for a long time and, and it just pumped out like 150 pages, like the day or two before I flew back. And I was like, shit. And like, yeah, yeah. You just were like, damn, that was, wow. That's a good and feeling. That little, that little <laughs> triumph. And it's like, exactly. No one else knows about that. <laughs> and no one else is sitting next to one of the plane. It's like, <clears throat> Hey man, I'm so glad you finished your, you know, what you set out to do with your book. And it's like, no, it's not what it's about. But it's, you know, knowing that, going onto the plane with peace of mind, saying like, damn, I, I did that. Now I can take a nap. And, and now I don't have to be plagued with those questions that end in the same question saying, what's the rush? Because there is none. And, yeah. Yeah, especially once you get into editing, you're, you really start to think that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the creative process, right? Like, you start off with an idea and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let me try it out. You get a little deeper into it and you're like this is kind of cool it's coming along and then you hit like that wall where it's like this is shit why am i still doing this and then eventually like you polish it and you're like man this is awesome like this came out cool right so like it's like you you have to get past that like third hump before you get to that fourth one and it's that's not easy to do and i mean i encounter that all the time like the amount of unfinished manuscripts that i have in my hard drive right now is unfathomable i mean i'm talking like years i've been writing since i was a teenager like the amount of things that are unfinished in there that started off and just were never finished is ungodly but at the same time it's like yeah those things kind of helped me grow and like this this novel that i'm working on now like all of those things kind of brought me to the thing i'm working on now and it's not done yet but it helped me grow to that point and i'm grateful for that i am beyond grateful for that because i wouldn't be where i am if i didn't have all of those quote-unquote failures you know what i mean exactly and those things deserve recognition and for anybody listening or anybody that like is kind of struggling to grasp that it's those things need to be you know understood and they need to be dwelled on a little bit those those past you know just quote failures or past like unfinished businesses and and it's like no it's not unfinished it's not a failure it's not it was just what you needed at that time and what you needed mm-hmm. to do then to be who you are now and to continue who, with what you're going to do and who you're going to be tomorrow. And it's all, and none of it was an accident. None of it was bad. And none of it was, you know, you might've perceived it as negative, of course, and it might've been something bad that happened or something that you think shouldn't have, but it all is and exists for a reason. And it's, that's what we need to do is dwell there for just a second and say, you know what? No, that, that was a lesson for this, or that was, mm-hmm. 
That's why I needed to do that so I could do this. And everything kind of, there. there's little lessons in literally every single thing. Even, I don't know, you know, just say like, just say a fender bender. That, you know, that's the worst, most unexplainable happenstance of all time. But maybe, possibly, I'm just spitballing, but maybe possibly that somebody has an anger problem. And that's an opportunity for you to calmly explain a situation and, and not get hot-headed about something and and you yep. know just like something to kind of look back and say like how could could that situation or this situation kind of be an opportunity for me to like you said be better in that in some area and mm-hmm. yeah man and it's not you know it's not easy to adopt that mindset like it's taken me uh, decades to get there I, you know i i feel like and this is just me personally but like i feel like i i haven't I didn't really figure that out until I started teaching. Like, even though I was in school to be a teacher and I, you know, I studied writing and English and literature, like I didn't really figure out the whole growth mindset thing until I started teaching and kind of like seeing it in other people, particularly, particularly like young people, right? Like I I noticed that some people had this quality about them where they were curious and they were letting that curiosity drive them and others didn't. And You know, again, like everyone figures that out in their own time. There's no right or wrong time in your life to figure that out. But I feel like when I did figure that out, it kind of opened a lot of doors for me, um, both professionally and just creatively. And it it kind of like it makes you realize, like, I can I can do anything. I could I could do anything I want to, you know. And like, of course, there's there's limits to that because, again, it comes back to the your previous choices and and the consequences of of those choices. But at the same time, it's like, you can undo those things if you really wanted to, you know, like, and not that I want to, but hypothetically, like if I didn't want to teach anymore, I could quit tomorrow and move to California and try to write screenplays. Like if I wanted to do that, that's something that's doable. People have done it. Right. Like, yeah, people literally, I, I hear people like all the time with almost that yeah that exact same story like almost word for word yeah you know i used to i literally like run into people like that all the time that say you know i used to be a teacher and i came out here to write screenplays and now i do it and it's like mm-hmm. it's it's ed, literally you know the old <laughs> adage anything is possible because it's just you know what you choose to dedicate your time to and what you choose to dedicate your energy to and that's what it all circles back around to is your energy and where you choose to place that and how much of it because you can half-ass things and, and you, you know, you're going to sit there with your hands up saying, oh, why did I get a half-ass result? Well, because you half-assed. You half-assed it. <laughs> like, you know, right. it's, it's right. literally what you want to throw yourself into. And that's what scares people a lot of the times. And, you know, with dipping their toe into the pool instead of just jumping in, something like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if those are the questions that you really got to ask yourself. Is, you know, am I happy doing what I'm, what I'm doing? And when I look back, is this something that I'm, you know, a story I'd be proud of writing. Uh, is this right. what, I, what I want? And, and that's what all goes like the why, why behind the what type stuff. And it's like, why mm-hmm. do you do what you do? And if you can't find the reasons of because you love it and you're happy and it makes other people happy and you want to make a positive impact, then maybe it's time to, yeah, take a shift and try something else at least. Not saying like abandon everything else, burn your boats and, you know, going to a a foreign shore with without anything in your pockets but it's like you know maybe it's time to start exploring even like you know just googling different things and setting up different bookmark tabs and saying that you're interested in something like that you want to try because like you said you know that growth mind mindset comes from 
mainly just learning about shit that you don't want to do. And it's like, yeah, you know, like that's that's where it came from with me personally. It's like, uh, I I definitely wasn't born to a a well-off family, and I was born in a row home in Philly, and um. Yeah, you know, my parents were born in the projects down in, you know, terrible neighborhood in Philly too. So it was like, um, you know, we were, you know, just kind of like not forced, but encouraged, you know, to, you know, do things at an early age. So it's like, I, I started, you know, working under the table jobs at like age 11 and right. kind of, you know, mowing lawns, doing labor jobs, doing little things here and there. And then, you know, I worked through high school and college and things like that and then doing a bunch of shit that you just don't want to do really brings things into focus of like well if i don't want to do that when well, i better figure out what i like to do and then try harder at that. <laughs> right and right right it's like um yeah it's like you know there's nothing literally that you have to do but there you know there's yeah exactly but it goes back to in the very beginning when we we're talking about my interest in being a renaissance man because i'm like you know, I've done so many things that I didn't want to do, but I've gotten good at them for some, just because you kind of had to, you had to rise to the occasion. And I'm like, if you can do this, talking to my, you know, 13 year old self, I'm like, if I can do this, then I can do that somewhere else. I can do this and that and this and that and this and that. So I'm, I mean, maybe to some people, it sounds like I'm bouncing around or wandering aimlessly, but like you said, you know, it all brings to, brings you to who you are here today and what you're doing, yes. and what you, where you choose to put your energy and then, yeah so and that's what brought me to jumping in with both feet on the other side of the country without any formal education of doing what i want to do but still i threw my effort into it now i can confidently say i've you know done the writing thing professionally for you know over a year yeah it's uh, aside from the books but it's um yeah man it's 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 a weird strange learning journey and that's all it is Really. And, you know, it's, I'm one of those people who I like, I believe the universe presents you with uh, experiences and opportunities and pitfalls when, when it's, when you're ready for them, like when it's, when it's ready for you, when you're ready for some sort of shift, right. Whether it's positive or negative, like it's, it's like the universe is like testing you. Right. And it's not always good. Uh, Of course there's, you know, again, you can't, you can't ignore the negative like there is the balance you have to look at both sides but you know I, I think the that adopting that mindset can really shift the way that you uh deal with and cope with the negative side right because you it, it changed for me like it changed things it changed like the way that i saw failure and the way that i uh, celebrated my my wins right like it, those those things changed fundamentally once i understood how that worked and it's not like like we're talking about this like it's just this easy thing you can just like flip a switch on and it's Mm -hmm. not it's it's it takes it takes practice to to accept things for what they are i mean it part of it is it it's very stoic in in nature in that like you know you 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 accept the things that you can't change and you change the things that you can you know Mm -hmm. um but that's not again it's not something that you can just turn on um, it takes no, practice it's, to it's look thing that you have to work at. It's yeah. And that's, and that's the, that's, not, that's the, the trouble and both the trouble and the beauty with it. It's just that it does take hard work and, you know, it, and growing to that acceptance phase faster. Like just like, you know, the stages of grief, how you automatically yeah. like eventually get to that acceptance phase. 
it's the same thing with even, yeah, like you said, the pitfalls in life, it's just getting to that faster and getting to that almost like a light switch, but it just doesn't come like that naturally. You have to work yourself into that mindset of literally flipping that switch and understanding that everything that comes your way, you have to accept it because there, I believe there's no coincidence in life. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, everything that we're handed and everything that we are right now is for the reason why we need it right now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it'll take us into who we are and what we learn from it tomorrow. So yeah, it was a really good point there. And it's crazy too, because like you can once you once you have that, then you start to see that there's also the ability to like create and manifest your own reality within that. And I know that sounds crazy because especially right now with you know, what's going on with the left and the right being so divided in the country and stuff, but having that ability to kind of like uh, to like like create the reality you want, it it's there. It's just, oh, but yeah. it's a matter of putting your attention on it, right? Like your attention, that, that's where the, your energy goes where the attention flows, right? Like yeah. that's, you, you place the attention in a certain place. That's where your energy is going. That's where the outcome is going to come from. And, yeah. you know, it's so easy to fall into the trap of putting attention on things that you don't want to put your attention onto, but you're kind of either forced or you just kind of don't even realize you're putting your attention on it, you know? Right. But once you understand that, once you know that like that's how just like literally matter just works that way right i'm talking mm-hmm. down to like atoms and molecules like that's how matter works it's like yeah. all energy and all frequencies like once you understand that it's crazy the amount of things you can kind of start to shift in your life i mean anywhere from art to your job to your family to your relationships like all of those things stem out of like that one simple law of physics and it's crazy it's 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 like it sounds nuts i know it does yeah it sounds like some like to some people who you know don't really view it that way it sounds like yeah some like like some metaphorical fucking nonsense but it's like spoofy spoofy like i get it it's it's literally like science you know what i mean it's and it's back that it's it's real it's a real it's a real thing yeah that energy is a real thing no matter how much you want to deny it and it's and same with um you know your heart and your mind and the synapse in your brain it's it, that's electricity right yeah. as much as people want to you know say it's whatever it is no it's it's all you know real things science energy electricity it's all it's all real and concrete yeah. things and once you apply that kind of yeah and sure you can use metaphors and things like that but i mean it's 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 a real practice that yields real results and once and it, you start shifting your mind in those kind of areas you'll see how your life begins to change in the way that you unconsciously or consciously create it because both can happen. Mm -hmm. Both need to be on board with what you want and what you aim to do. Because if not, then you're going to feel that conflict within yourself and and the things around you. And you're like, why is this happening? Because you're, you know, your body might be on board, but your mind isn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not easy to align, align the two. (laughs) Like it's so easy to fall separate in that area. (laughs) Course. But again, it's, you know, where the attention, where you put it, that's where the energy is going. So if you are conscious of that, or at least trying to be conscious of that, you know, it's that's you're you're setting yourself up for a better position to, to move in that direction. Uh, that's it's not I know it sounds easy, but it's that's not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's easier said, definitely easier said than done. Um, do you let me ask, do you uh, do you meditate at all? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's um, your what's your meditation practice like? 
Um, personally, Monty's kind of like, um, I'll, I'll like sit, usually I, I like to be outside in nature personally. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to be, out, I, I like to be outside. I like to, you know, feel the grass or be like when I was living at the beach, uh, last year, it was obvious. I love to just get my toes in the sand, sit on the beach and, and yep. listen to the waves and the kind of close your eyes and not think about anything as weird as that sounds. And it's just be present, just right. focus yeah, you know, for me, like I would focus on one thing, just say like the sound of the waves going in and out, and then, and then you start to feel. It's weird to say, like you said, it sounds like some mumbo jumbo shit, but it's like you start to feel your energy going in and out with the tide, and then you're like, yeah, shit, and then you're like, and then you understand. I don't know. You kind of understand that, like, wow, I I I am the same as this. What are yeah. I? I am the same as we are this. And then you feel the sun and then you start to notice the things that you haven't felt when you're forcing thoughts in your head and things like that. And just trying to focus on other stuff when you just kind of let it all go and all that stuff washes away and the things that you're supposed to feel come to you. And then that's where you need to be. And you just dwell there and you meditate. And I do that for as long as it takes. And um, inside, I kind of do the same thing. Um, it's weird, man. And uh, my apartment now, I have this uh, little Harry Potter room that I'm actually sitting in right now. It's uh, under. Nice. <laughs> it's under. It's, just, it's under the stairs. <laughs> That's awesome. I converted a closet into a, a writing room. I have a desk. I'm looking at it right now. I have a desk. A little nook in front of me. Um, yeah, right. a little nook. So sometimes, dude, I'll come in. Yeah, I'll come in here and shut the door and just literally stare at the wall, close my, close my eyes, you know, put on some music, and then just be here. And that's all. It's kind of about people you know kind of um not people i guess some people or anybody out there who thinks like meditating is a weird kind of you need to Mm. wear a robe and cross your legs type of shit and it's just (laughs) you kind of just have to you can focus kind of like yoga you just focus on your breathing um, yeah you just be one with where you are right now and then once you just let all of that go and understand just focusing on breathing everything else kind of yeah. washes away and washes in to what you need and it's kind of like a little re- energy reset and that's what i do personally everybody's different with uh, meditation but sure I, I just kind of well that's why yeah. i asked because i know like meditation is an exercise right and there's so many different mm-hmm. exercises you can do for your physical body but meditation yeah. is exercise for your mental body right like that's that's it's it's mind practice you're trying to strengthen that and it's again you know your your focus when you put your focus on your breath and on being present you start to you start to see things or feel things differently and it's 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 wild again i know it sounds crazy but like you start to recognize how connected you are to everything around you um yeah and i i find too and i definitely you're preaching the choir with the whole waves thing because you know i'm a a beach kid myself (laughs) that's that's definitely my gym my vibe there but i feel that you know everyone has their own thing everyone has that that thing for them that calms them that helps them center that helps them focus on the breath and you know meditation is one of those words it has a connotation these days especially in the self-help genre right like there's Mm -hmm. There's like a people have this stigma attached to it and it doesn't have to have that stigma, right? Like it, you don't have to be in Tibet, like in these robes, like sitting there. I mean, that you can, that, that is a form of meditation. You can practice if you want to, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be going for a walk with your headphones in. It can be just, you know, going surfing, right? Like that's a huge mind clearing for me. Yeah. 
Even um, when you drive at night, you know what I mean? Yeah. Breathe, just just breathing and being present. Those That little thing is like you're programming your subconscious to just automatically put your focus there, right? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, submitting to it is the whole entire kind of like the, you know, the foundation of it, whether it's a drive or a walk or a sit on the beach or, you know, mm-hmm. just sitting, laying down with your headphones and it's just submitting to that moment because we try to force so many things every single day in our lives just forcing it just like i gotta do this i have to do that we we feel like we need to make it happen and then kind of you know the tough thing is is just submitting to that moment and understanding that like it's okay to be carried away with you know what you're not trying to focus on and that's Mm -hmm. that's the whole key of it and and it's insane how much you know better you feel after you know one five ten minutes of it even and well that's the other thing is like the the time frame right people think Mm -hmm. meditation oh i gotta see her for an hour it's like yeah that you can but you don't have to sometimes like everyone's human like i have shitty meditation sessions where it's like i for five minutes it feels like an hour and i you know i don't feel like i accomplished anything yeah 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 but that act of trying of sitting down and like okay this wasn't a great session but at least i i put the energy towards it like that's it that's a win it's a it's one of those small wins like we were talking about no? Yeah, dude, that happens. That shit happens all the time. Think about how many times you have like a bad workout or a bad writing day or a bad. Right. Day. It's the same thing. It's just it's it's a practice. Like meditation isn't like a, a thing where you just say like I'm gonna do it and it works. Like no, dude. Like sometimes you have bad days and and yeah, like you you can't stop your mind from racing or you can't and you and you get up and you're like, well, that didn't work, and then you're more angry for because it didn't work because you think it's a product. It's not a product. It's it's a practice. There, yeah. There's no outcome. <laughs> yeah, there's no outcome. It's a practice, and 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 that's it's it's a weird give and take with that because then you start to see it as an opposition where it's like, well, the meditation right. didn't work. Well, it's not. Right. You're not competing again, and it's not getting better at it. It's just that practicing it and understanding that you need to live symbiotically with something like that, and getting to that point, no matter how long it takes or how many you know botched sessions, you know everybody comes around. Sure. It's practice. Practice makes perfect. You know, the old adage. (laughs) And I feel like our, you know, our, our Western, our Westernized minds are kind of almost brainwashed into expecting some sort of product out of it. Like some sort of final like thing. Like, you know, people, there are people who like only work out because they want their bodies to be like great looking and like, not that there's anything wrong with that. If that's what you're going for, that's fine. But like, that's a product, right? That's the end goal. Like there are also people out there who just work out because they want to be healthy. Again, yeah, that's also yeah. fine, right? I'm not, I'm not knocking either one of those lifestyles, but with meditation, you know, there's not, there's not really like something you could physically take away when you're done with it. It's yeah. more of like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Like I, I want to use the word enlightened, but I know that there's also a connotation with that <laughs> word, you know, but you know, it's, it's one of those things like it, it starts to shape the way that you, you think and you see and approach just life. Right. I mean, like for me, I, now that I'm even, we're talking about this now and I'm reflecting back on it, but like I, when I adopted that growth mindset, that's also the same time that I started meditating. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if those two things coincided or if again, it might be the universe, like kind of just bringing those two things to me at the same time. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, like I found that the t- those two things kind of couple so nicely. Um, having the 
the ability to to reflect inward but also recognize your surroundings your environment the things that are teaching you whether or not you realize it or not right yeah dude and that's like exactly exactly the point man and it's and going back to like this whole entire past year if there's ever a time to you know practice meditating it's we've had the time on our hands in the last now's year. the time <laughs> yeah now's the time because yeah dude now's the time more than ever to kind of get that practice down to um you know because you know life's only going to be on or the world's going to be on pause not forever so mm-hmm. once you get back to you know how it was hopefully something you know pra- a daily practice of be more at ease and having that peace of mind or creating that for yourself is a, is a super useful tool going forward and something yeah. that you haven't done yet you know i encourage everyone to try because it's it, it can't hurt it and it doesn't take anything from you and it isn't a product like you said and that's exactly the western mindset is like you know our expectations and that's where pretty much it's it you know our own sense of personal defeat and, and not being enough or needing to be, you know, the negative connotation of the word better comes from. It's right. just our expectation. And once you abandon all expectation, then you, and you start to see how, how, how fruitful life really is when you don't expect anything from it because we aren't owed shit, you know? Nope. <laughs> like, you know, and we're all here technically by accident. I didn't ask to be born. You know what I mean? So like I'm right. just exactly, and it's just our job to figure out why and what we personally can contribute, and without expectation of having anything back. And once we kind of just like yeah, abandon the thought of expectations, what can I get out of this? Or like, you know, how's this going to make me better than that, or this, or this, or that person, or just because I do this? And it's like abandon all that shit, dude. It's like that's that's not what's important, and it's never ever going to be what's going to set you up for happiness or su- success, whatever your interpretation of those words are. And it's just right. know, just abandon that expectation. You know, put if your hand is out, put it back in your pocket, and then sit back down and just focus on your breath, man. And then everything, like you said, starts to come into view. And like you said, with enlightenment. You can swap out that term for anything else. Um, peace of mind, at ease, uh, mm. relaxation, mm-hmm. um, anything, you know, just things that people search for. And it becomes simpler once you practice more. And, it, you know, the, the stress of trying to find it, you know, becomes less like a flashlight in a dark room to you can find it at any moment in any day. But it, like you said, it's a practice. And moving forward, it's, you know, it's something, it's a tool to sharpen. Absolutely. All right, Dave, man, that was, that was good. Uh, I think this is a good place to kind of uh, switch over to the transition over to the rapid little three fire questions. You ready for that? Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, listeners, Dave has elected to, um, I guess, answer these on the fly. No, no prerequisite. So I always give kudos to the, the guests who come on and want to do that. I feel like that's because that, I don't know for me personally, like if I was if it was flipped, I would want to know the questions up front. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought about that when you asked me too. I was like, I would love to know something up front. But then I'm like, but how am I going to, you know what I mean? I just, I'm curious right, right. to might see myself like what, what I would say. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I mean, that's honestly too, like, even though I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, I lean that way. Like, I feel like the conversation when the guests uh, elects to like go on the fly the Mm -hmm. conversation is so much more organic 
you know it's like more yeah, it's more flowing the beginning, yeah right right all right so uh first question dave what are you currently reading and would you recommend it to the listeners reading can be taken lightly too i've had people kind of comment with like documentaries they've been watching or oh, cool. you know audiobooks they've listened to or podcasts or whatever but you know basically what are you consuming all right um personally right now i'm reading actually it's um since i'm like i'm, I'm writing in the genre i like to immerse myself in it so smart, i kind of like re- read books and, and watch shows around what i'm doing because for inspiration purposes but um, i'm reading uh, sure. uh yeah live by night it's a novel by dennis lane and it was made into like a shitty movie with Ben Affleck, and it sucks. But um, <laughs> but the book is phenomenal. <laughs> um, the book is phenomenal. It's it's even if you don't like um, like crime fiction and nineteen twenties type stuff, the characters are are super well developed. It'll take you, and by chapter one, you'll be you know in it's a four hundred page book, so it's not something to be taken lightly. But I do recommend it to anybody because it's. Uh, you know the the kind of the problems and and the the internal conflicts of people a hundred years ago are literally, you know, um, happening today. You know, it's it's weird how history repeats itself. Um, yeah, they had the Spanish flu back then, and we have our pandemic now. We have the uh, prohibition of everything then. We have it now. We have yep. Um, um, you know, um, everyone was um, women's rights were fighting for back in nineteen twenty to vote and stuff, and then um you know, we had racial inequality then and we have it now and we're still fighting for the same things and society then and now wasn't too different. So as I kind of write more and read more about this stuff, the characters actually seem so real and someone that you're literally sitting next to on the bus and we all have these same internal conflicts and it's so strange and it's that's why I'd rec- I would recommend it even if you don't like crime fiction or 1920s type stuff. It's It's such a relatable book and it's really good. Yeah. That's cool. And historical fiction is not, I feel like it's not easy to write. So it's difficult to like nail characters down that way. Yeah. It's you know, personally the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, that's, but then like we both know, I, I, I said that about my, uh, the first book I've ever written too. I, I kind of sat down and once I got done with it, I was like, fuck dude, that was, I've done some hard things, but like that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And then having <laughs> done it a few times and that, it's like, and then yeah. I, I challenged myself to write this, uh, yeah, historical fiction on prohibition, something I have like no business writing about. But after <laughs> I've been, I've been, dude, I've been like in this process of research and, and for two years now. And mm-hmm. it's now I'm at the point where I'm like, damn, all that hard work and all this shit is actually paying off because it's it's starting to flow now. And I'm like, sweet. It's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. Like, mental wise but it's hopefully gonna be fruitful it'll pay off it'll pay off it always does and it's again like you're doing the the research part of it i feel like is the it's good and bad <laughs> you know it's like uh was that stephen king i think it's stephen king uh you know you gotta if to be a good writer you gotta be a good reader kind of thing yeah. it's like you have to read the genre you're trying to write oh, um yeah, and same thing like what yeah. you know i'm the same thing with a novel that i'm working on it's like there's a whole like a uh, ai kind of uh, i guess technological tech thriller kind of side of it so i've been yeah. reading a lot of of that and it's like gotten to the point where i've read so much where i'm like all right i i need to focus on the the, the production side of it not so much the consumption side of it exactly <laughs> but when your mind kind of starts to like realize that then you're ready because you're like yeah 
Right. Yeah, because you, you just consume so much, so much, and you're like, all right. And then subconsciously, you are absorbing all that information, and you're about to right. use it. So it's it's all for a reason, which is good. Yeah, and you don't, like, pick up on that right away. Like, it, it, that's one of those things, yeah, like, you, you don't really realize that your brain, <laughs> right, you start writing, and then it comes out, and you're like, oh, I forgot I read about that, but yeah, that's where it came from, you know? Yeah, it's weird, like, you use, like, little facts or, like, little things that are, like, something that you've read or heard or someone else said, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, that, that makes sense now, and you're starting to become the <laughs> genre that you're reading, and it's nice. Beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, Dave, uh, so question number two. What is your favorite meal to prepare and cook? This could be for yourself, for your friends and family, um, or like special dish or an everyday dish. Um, and don't feel pressure here. I've had <laughs> answers for this question ranging from like chicken nuggets all the way up to like, yeah. you know, this crazy like cake people bake and stuff. So it's, again, it's, you know, whatever's right. you. <laughs> so off the top of my head, um, I guess the top three things I like to eat and make, uh, a cheesesteak. Yeah, <laughs> uh, of course. I love Philly <laughs> cheesesteak, dude. It's literally like Philly. a staple in my diet since I was like two, and I don't care how unhealthy that makes me. I'll how probably... is it out there, though? Is it like, or is it hard to come by out on that yeah, coast? Yeah, it's the same with a slice of pizza. You can't get a good slice <laughs> or you can't get a good cheesesteak on the West Coast to save your life. If that was the last I always hear that. thing that you were tasked with or else, you know, gun to your head, find a good cheesesteak, I'd, I'd probably bet against you. And it's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, but I found I've actually finally after two years found this one place and it's called <laughs> and it's called Philly's Best, which is why I held off on it for so long. Because I'm like, how can something that calls itself the best on the West yeah. Coast and, and claim <laughs> it's, you know, I just it was a whole it was, I don't know. It was a, it was a thing for me. Where I was but like, it's wow. worth it. You but like dude, it was you like actually it. Actually good. So I'm like, I found right. my, I found my cheesesteak. Uh, I like. That's a good, good cheesesteak. Um, a great pasta dish. Um, a pasta dish. I love crabs. Um, preparing mm. some mussels is always a treat, and I love baking cookies. <laughs> Ooh, all right. <laughs> yeah. So I'd probably nice get, yeah, little... cheesesteak, mussels, pasta, and cookies. Just uh, <laughs> either buying, preparing, making, and it's all of it is. I I could probably live off of it. Nice. As a very eclectic uh, lineup, <laughs> I don't. I usually people usually only name like one or two things. That's pretty good. Oh yeah. And I I, I, I was kind of expecting the Philly thing anyway because I knew you were from Philly. So. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the cheesesteak trumps everything. You know, like I watch, I still watch Eagles games every Sunday. I have to get a cheesesteak with it just because it's a. It, I have to. Do it's it. a staple. Right without it. Right. If I'm watching it without it, I can still taste <laughs> it in my mouth, and I end up ordering it by the end anyway. Right. Yeah. Might as well. Right. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so last question, and don't feel like you have to go profound. You can if you want to, but there's All no right. pressure. Um, what's one life lesson that you want to pass on to the listeners? It can be from the conversation, or it could be something that you just live your life by, or you kind of are thinking about at the moment, but one um, lesson. Uh, I guess, yeah, we kind of just summed up a bunch of them. Um, but it all comes down to kind of... Uh, yeah, man, just figure out forever with listening. Just not even figure out. Just understand that life is happening for you, and it's not. Nothing is against you. That's only how we perceive things, and that's uh, something to really understand. And I have to remind myself. You know, I'm not perfect, and I think I'm a human, and I think like this all the time. Like, why is this happening? Why is that? And that's that's a question we 
hundred thousand times have asked ourselves in the last year for sure and throughout the rest of our so life, true definitely so it's uh kind of yeah like we said sacrificing you know and abandoning that and submitting ourselves to the now and understanding that everything that happened and is and will happen um is is for a reason even though as cliche as that sounds um but you just have to kind of you're the one who has to find that reason the reason's not going to have a sign in front of you like a stoplight and say here's your reason it's just <laughs> yep. it's just that you that's your job you know that's your job and that's that's um where we go back to expectation don't expect anybody to give you a reason or give you handouts for things that you're you're wondering or asking for um and you know that might be as harsh as it sounds but it's just you know, don't, don't expect shit from life. You just have to, you're the one who has to, you're the only one living it. So you have to understand what it means for you. Because like I said in the uh, 30 seconds ago, it's not happening against you. It's everything is for you. And you just need to understand and use that to become the positive version of the word better version of yourself tomorrow. And that's all we're kind of really striving for. And just, I don't know, just um, to find something that you love within every day that you can kind of lose yourself in and, and to understand how grateful we are just to wake up and be alive. Uh, I've broken both my legs a couple of times. I've lost, you know, I buried a best friend, lost a bunch of family members, things like that. And it's just after it's, nobody has to take that as an extreme example. And I don't wish anybody to go through the same thing, but think, take your little pitfalls as small or large as they are. And every time I throw my legs over the bed in the morning, I remember what it felt like not to walk. I remember what it felt mm. like, um, you know, and if I go a day without texting my dad or my sister or a friend or something, I, I try to do that even if they're asleep, you know, on the West coast versus East coast, just because mm-hmm. I know that they're alive and it's, it, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful that I am too. I'm grateful for my health and just to kind of just center yourself. And like you said, you know, with what me and Glenn talked about with um, meditation too, it all ties together. It's just finding your center and being grateful that you're able to think these thoughts because some people don't have the privilege. And, um, you know, there's, there's someone, I know it's also another cliche thing to say, but someone somewhere out there has it worse than you do. And we'll always, it'll always be like that. And maybe if you think, you know, you have it worse than somebody else and you're looking in the wrong direction, uh, you know, just, yeah, center yourself and be grateful for everything that you've had and encountered and will. And that's about it, man. I think it's just a lesson of gratefulness. As soon as you start there, gratefulness, and then just act every day with uh, kindness and good intentions. And is schoolboys that sounds it's uh it's it's the truth you know after like i said like we both know i'm I'm pretty young i'm 28 now but um it doesn't take a lifetime to figure that out that nope uh being grateful is the greatest gift that you can give to yourself and to the rest of the world because once you understand how grateful just you are for everything and literally breathing and just it's it's crazy how life comes into perspective and the big things don't seem so big and the small things seem even bigger and it's 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 a weird it's a weird practice also it's a practice but um i'd say yeah just Mm -hmm. be mindful 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 um 
and being grateful. That's about it. That's probably the life lesson I aim to write in, in the first mm-hmm. book, just a thought, because like I said, everything is just, a, it's just a thought, you know, you take it as you want it, but it's just a thought. Um, just being grateful, man. I think that's the, the biggest life lesson Amen. any of us need to come to understand. Attitude of gratitude. That's Attitude of gratitude. I could not have said it better, my friends. That's exactly what betterism is. It's all about. So that's the truth. All right, man. Um, I appreciate and I am grateful for your time. I also want to respect it. I know you're on the uh, we're different time frames too, so I don't want to keep you too long. But um, where can listeners find you online? Where can they check out your books or your other work? Where's the best place to uh, reach out? They want um, to contact you. I guess uh, they could start now. We started. I'm I'm on Instagram uh, at David A. Volpe V O L P E. Um, yeah, you can uh, you can find me on there. Um, I'm not like the, the the biggest social media person. I, I I have trouble keeping up, but I'm always there. So if you ever want to reach out or find me or ask me a question or I don't know, just shoot the shit for a little bit, uh, I'm always here. Um, and I'm always down for a conversation, just like with Glenn. You know, this this time yep. is super meaningful, and I'm grateful for his time as well. Um, so yeah, Instagram. You can find both my books on Amazon. You could search my you could search my name or you could search the book titles. And uh yeah, like I said, I got this uh novel probably coming out in the next year and this this little prohibition novel. So if you like Boardwalk Empire or The Godfather, you can look out for that. And I guarantee it's something you never read before. So Excellent. Yeah, yeah man. If you want to keep we'll up, have just to, uh, here. Yeah, we'll have to uh once you go to drop that, we'll have to get you for round two. Yeah, man, I'd love to send you a copy. I, I want I want to get your thoughts on it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. All right, man. Uh it's been real. We will talk soon and we'll have to we'll set up schedule two as soon as or round two as soon as uh your book's ready to uh hit the shelves. For sure, man. Thank you so much, dude. And good luck with your project. I'm really looking forward to that book. I really am. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I got I got your book right over here. I'm looking at it right now. Things you don't know. And it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's still right here. I remember that. I have a bunch of pages dog eared. And I refer to it all the time. It's it's a I love that book. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. It's exactly what I wanted from it. Share <laughs> the love, you know. Yep, I love it. Too. All right, man. Uh, be well. We will talk soon, and I hope you have a good rest of your night. Yes, sir. You too, man. Take care. Stay warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch out for the snow, right? Yep. All right. Hey guys, just one more quick thing before you take off. Um, I wanted to take a second to express my sincere gratitude for your time and your attention. It's appreciated way more than you realize. Um, If you'd like to support our cause and what we're doing here at Betterism, there's a few ways you can do that. Um, You could share, rate, or review the show. Um, It's available wherever you get podcasts. You can join our blog and contribute some of your wisdom to our growing family. Or if you're able to, You can donate or subscribe any amount to paypal.me slash bingbang. That link is in the show notes. Um, Thanks again so much for your time, and I hope you have a great day. Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning. <laughs>